News Now. Hello, and welcome to Nerd News Now. Uh, everyone's here. I got Miss Jen, I got Kyle, I got Brainy. Uh, how's everyone doing, Miss Jen? Let's start with you. Uh, I'm at the end of my gauntlet of live today, so my, my smile might be permanently plastered on my face. <laughs> what, uh, what all did you sell today? Just a little bit of everything. I feel like my theme today ended up being like 80s and 90s books, just across yeah. the shelf that way. Is is there anything in particular that's hot right now? Like, are are those hot, or is everything hot right now? Like, what's you know what what is what are you seeing spikes in right now? It's interesting. I think that as we go along, every day that you have something come out, like you know today's trailer for Shang Chi, something else becomes the new hot desirable book. I don't know if it overwrites completely all of the other stuff that was hot like you know, i don't know if the one stuff that wandavision made popular is still high dollar or not but it's it's a lot to keep track of we'll say did uh anything pop from talking to winter soldier over the weekend not that i noticed although something probably should have but i no one came in looking for a specific thing at least okay well the one book that would have was already probably a pretty tough book to find because I think it was like Strange Tales number fifty nine. Mm-hmm. So, is and speaking of that, real quick, is everyone caught up on that show? By the way, no. Okay, no. Miss, but Miss I Jim, did notice in in live sales, anything Strange Tales is selling hotter than it was uh-huh. previous. Um, okay. Whether they're the Strange Tales specific to this, but that whole run right now is kind of bumping up a tier in terms of how fast it sells. Yeah, oh. that's with everything that was uh, West Coast Avengers, and that was because most everything was tied to the WandaVision show. Yeah, and if you want to discuss uh, the show, Mark, I can I can mute, and uh, you guys can discuss it. I'm going to wait. Yeah, I can take my headphone season. out and eat my cookies. Well, I think I'm the, uh, I think I'm the only one caught up, so... We can just wait until the season's over at this point. I mean, there's only one more episode this week, so. Yep. Yeah, and then about six weeks later, I'll have finished it. Yeah. That's... <laughs> that kind of I... defeats the purpose of binging it, Kyle. I, I understand, but uh, I have decided um, I've I, I, I caught up on Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which is the best show on TV. Um, then I am watching Invincible mm-hmm. uh, as it comes out. And then uh, I decided before I watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I, I started watching episode two, and I'm like, no, I got to go back and rewatch episode one. And then I'm rewatching episode one going, you know what? I really need to go back and watch Endgame. And then it's, well, I really should go back and watch. So basically, I'm going to watch all of the Captain America films. But again, but my time is still pretty limited for television watching. So it's like, uh, do I watch these things? So it takes me about two days to watch a whole movie. Yeah, um, I need to go back and watch Captain America: The First Avenger because I remember not liking that movie, and I think I would see it with fresh eyes now. Mm-hmm. I remember liking it when I first saw it, then not liking it on a on a on a rewatch, 
And now that I've re I, I started it last night and watching the first half going, why didn't I like this movie? <laughs> um, and so it might have it must have to do with the second half of the film, which I will watch tonight. But you know, it's it's one of those that I think rewatching uh, lets me slow down a little bit on, you know, especially if it takes me two days to watch one of these things. I get to spend twenty four hours thinking about the first half of the movie and how great Peggy Carter is, and then the second half of the movie going, God, why did they cancel that show? Yeah, like, so. Yeah, um, why did they cancel that show? I mean, I know why. It's the same reason why you know uh, Agents of Shield was just sort of meandering on the network for X amount of seasons. But I wish they would strongly consider bringing it back for Disney Plus mm-hmm. because as long as she's on board to do it, I think Haley Atwell, um, she can carry that show and. It had gotten to a point where it, it was getting good. It's like they always, well, it was at the end of season two, right? And um, I just enjoyed the show. The show was really good. I just The wish second it- season got a little shark jumpy for me. But the more I think about it, the more anything that takes place with those characters at that time is going to just be nothing but shark jumping. Yeah. It's progressively bigger and better sharks. Like, you know, so it's okay. I, I I can get behind it. Like I really enjoyed season one. I thought season two was a little weird. Um, but the more I watch it, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know, it could go another couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that is probably their limitations of what characters they're allowed to use. I mean, like Madam Mask was the big bad, so in that aforementioned season two and i thought i still thought they did a good job with it but it's just it's going to be you know some more obscure stuff but if they you know would have been able to treat it as such um almost like a uh monster of the week or you know like an x-files type show but within that universe with that similar tone um i would have continued to watch it mm-hmm. The more enjoyable characters in the MCU. So, and I think that there's a lot there. And I think that there's probably a lot about the history of S.H.I.E.L.D. that I've personally never seen or read. And I just think it could have kept going for at least, you know, five seasons. So, but uh, so Kyle, besides uh, watching Mighty Ducks over and over, um, what else have you been up to? Um, much that. That's good. I, no, I need uh, how is that is that like I've four been, episodes? In? Uh, yeah, they're four episodes in. Uh, I've been kind of on media hiatus, except for that. Uh, working on uh work. So because of what I'm doing for work, I'm not watching anything new. Uh, except for Invincible and Mighty Ducks. Um. Because I don't want to have any ideas creep in that are, you know, thievery. Uh, so I am uh, re-watching all of uh, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> because you can gain no insight into anything from that show. Um, <laughs> it's just fun, except when it's not. Um, 
and it lets you shut your brain off. But uh, I've been, I basically have spent the last week building a studio uh, so that this one can be retired and the new one can be moved into and it's more spacious and it does more. Um, but yeah, I'm also working on a couple of shows of my own that require me to not consume media. Okay. It's kind of a boring lifestyle. A little cryptic, but I guess that's that's No, it's it's the reality is is that last time I was watching new something and working on a show, I uh-huh. basically tried to force the new something into being about that show and it didn't uh-huh. It's I've got to I've got to separate the two so that way I can let the actual thing I'm trying to do be the thing I'm trying to do. Yeah, not get distracted by trying to emulate other stuff or have mm-hmm. Other ideas coming in derail the current idea. Yeah, I get it. Well, that's yeah, cool. I do have to watch an inordinate amount of Columbo, though. Oh yeah. Was that was that a TV series like that sporadically aired, or was it just like a movie of the week that sporadically aired? I have no idea. I've watched okay. like six episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more murder she wrote so. They were similar. Columbo and Murder, She Wrote. They're, they were similar. Yeah. I wish they would have had a crossover. I think they may have. I, I can't. Columbo, She Wrote? That'd be cool. With Miss Marple? <laughs> <laughs> it's just Angela Lansbury writing an episode of Columbo. That's the whole episode. It's the whole show. That would be great. I would, uh, I would watch that. Uh, Brainy, what about you? What have you been up to the last week? Yeah, not very much. Just been, you know, working and working and working. And I've had to take up some shifts at the store because one of our employees is off on vacation. And I realize again, uh, <laughs> I need to retire. <laughs> Jen knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I I am the reason why Brainy didn't retire the first time because I talked him into staying in the industry because the industry needs him around. Yeah. But I... I see now what he's up against at his shop. So, yeah, I'm, I'm um, you know, I've I've got too much on the plate that you know it, it just keeps falling off the plate now. So, mm-hmm. I need to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, I can I suggest a bigger plate? Usually, when I go to a buffet and there's too much on the plate, <laughs> I just grab another one. See, I I took that idea and I started carrying three plates around. Then I realized I only have two hands. And the mm-hmm. third plate just gets shuffled over and over. Nope. Something keeps you get falling some of those off. sticks and you spin them, and then the plate spins, and you go spin this other one. Yeah, I'm a man. I'm not. Time. I'm not as talented as you are. <laughs> I'm not either. There's a reason I use paper plates for that trick. But um, yeah, as far as television, I'm actually, believe it or not, watching Jane the Virgin on Netflix. <laughs> so yeah. good. And the more I watch it, the more I'm like, oh man, this show's actually really good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I'm tempted to be like, man, maybe I should turn on those telenovelas and uh, start watching those now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, oh. they did a good job on that show. I'm surprised. And it is actually not, honestly, not what I was expecting. They, you know, it, it's, a, it's a dark comedy, drama-ish, whatever. I don't know yeah, what you want to call it, but it's, it's a pretty good show. Yeah, um... I can't remember how that was really advertised, but I remember people latched onto it pretty early on, and the fans uh, kind of stuck oh. with it. So. Was it after yeah. Monk? 
did it originally air after Monk or Psych? It was with it was one of those shows that was like really big for CW or you know whatever that network was. It's that USA Network. Yeah, I think Gene the Virgin was uh, ABC. So <laughs> yeah, was it didn't always it didn't necessarily air there all the time. Really, I don't think it aired on ABC where I'm at. But it was always I think it had to do with at least around here with the shows it was connected to. Like it might have debuted on ABC and then quickly moved to CW, which in our region is owned by ABC. Like, and then it aired after like Vampire Diaries or Pretty Little Liars or one of those shows. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. I thought it was just a, well for us it was ABC, so it might have just been that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, beyond that, you know, I'm I'm also still working on my music, so that's about it. Um, a serious question for everyone: When's the last time you've been to a buffet? We'll start with Kyle because he brought up buffet, and it just made me think about that. This afternoon. Did you really? Really? Hey, I think I might be done with buffets from here on. <clears throat> but they don't let you get your own food. Oh, okay. It's like cafeteria style. Like the buffet I went to, it's you go and you say, I want some of that, I want some of that, and they pass the tray behind them, and then we get to the checkout, they hand you your food. Okay. Um, but so uh, it was a cafeteria-style buffet, yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually not a bad idea. Um, you know, um, but cafeteria. I totally made my money back. <laughs> yeah. Um, they had, they had uh, we went specifically... Because on Mondays at this buffet, they have Cajun shrimp. And it's real good. <laughs> um, and there were like five people there. And I was the youngest by, other than my friend that I went with, I was the youngest by 40 years, probably. <laughs> like, it was the, the, it was two o'clock in the afternoon when we ate. And you could tell there were people there having dinner. <laughs> wow. It was that kind of crowd. But. Totally worth it. Um, follow up question: What passes for Cajun shrimp in Ohio? No, it's uh, it's this place is, it's a Creole restaurant. Like, okay, Monday is is shrimp. Tuesday is jambalaya. Wednesday is a crawfish boil. Thursday is, you know, they have their special every day, and so Monday is the shrimp. Oh boy. So, like, that's all they do. Bing and they Texas do a black and catfish there that'll make you slap yourself. You wouldn't believe wow. it. It's so good. Well, that does sound good. I just like I'm so close to Louisiana. I feel like the further I get away from that state, you know, the more uh, more a risk Cajun food is at other places. But right, I think I think it has something to do with the fact that it's real cheap to live here. Yeah, and people move here because of that. And so, like, the people who are there, they sound like the people from the Duck Dynasty show when you talk to them. Yeah. You know, it's, okay. so it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. They can, cook, they can cook the hell out of some food. So who am I to judge? But, yeah, it's, the thing about Toledo is they call it the crossroads of the country because we have I-75, which runs north to south, and we have 8090, which runs east to west, literally across the country. Plus, it's, you know, major major shipping thoroughfares for everything um and so people come here for work and then their families stay for generations and 
then people move here for work because somebody gets a job and decide to do other things. So we've got amazing Jamaican food. We've got amazing Cajun food. We've got really good, you know, because, oh, well, my husband works at the oil, at the oil refineries. So I opened up a, you know, a bakery. Okay. What kind of bakery? Oh, it's, you know, Japanese bakery. Sweet. I will totally get an edamame, you know, uh, Pikachu thing. Looks tasty. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I guess I was just making a generalization. But, yeah, if you find, like, a, a place that knows what they're doing, you can find any type of good food anywhere. It's just few and far between, you know? Yeah, a lot, it's a lot of trial and error. <laughs> I made a joke to a friend of mine who lives out in California. He goes, what should I get for lunch? I go, Mexican food. And he goes, why? I go, well, because here our choices are Taco Bell or El Pollo Loco. Out there you can get, like, something real. <laughs> yeah. And we both know for... We both know that's not true of here, but it kind of feels like it. Like, so I get that. I get that emotion, but it's no, it's one of the things I pride myself on is here in Toledo is we can find any kind of food from any kind of place and it's going to be killer. We just got a new, uh, a new uh, Vietnamese restaurant that I haven't been to yet, but everybody I've talked to says it's like eating Vietnamese food in Vietnam. So. Yum. I'm kind of in mourning because the buffet that I used to go to for uh, Chinese food, because they made Kung Pao chicken, but they cut the Kung Pao chicken up into tiny little pieces. So it was about the same size as what you would end up with, like if you found a peanut, because you're supposed to have peanuts in there. Um, so it was to, to die for. But I did not, I, and I've been there since COVID started, so I knew it was it had survived COVID in general. But we drove by there uh, yesterday for something else. We didn't even wasn't we're even looking to go there, and it's completely empty. I was crushed. It's just gone. Just gone. Huh? I don't. I don't know what place that is. Now I'm trying uh, to figure. The one over by the. Um, Oh my goodness, what's the closest thing there? There used to be a church in the same shopping center that took over the Kroger spot. It's in line with that. And next to the... I never go to this place, so I can't remember the name of it, but it's a discount place that's over there. Oh, uh, I'll... I don't... I'll if I don't yeah. That's a... Uh... Yeah, that's unfortunate, these restaurants that aren't uh, going to make it. Um, that's always, you know, we're still going to get to see the the outcome of that total. But um, is that the last buffet that you ate at? I believe so. But it wasn't, when we went in, they didn't have the buffet part on. It was just like sit down uh, and they bring you. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I just haven't been in a restaurant um this whole time really yeah not not yeah not to sit down and eat no not even on the patio but i just got I, I finally got my shot um coming up on two weeks ago now so but i think i think the whole buffet question comes from just the idea of people sticking stuff in chocolate fountains at the sizzlers so that's really not an accurate view of all buffets right but um right. Buffets in general, especially what Kyle said about, oh, I got my value back. Like, just 
overeating at a buffet because you think you have to get the maximum value or you want to try a bunch of different things on your plate that may not necessarily go well on your plate or in your stomach. Um, but for like specific items, like what he was mentioning, like an item of the, the day type thing, I would probably do it. And, um, you know, in Texas, even though I don't know what's going on with the company, we're, we're all about Luby still now and forever till that finally goes away. Um, so, you know, the, the home style cafeteria will always have some sort of place in my uh, food loving heart. But, uh, Brainy, what about you and buffets? What's your relationship with buffets? Um, I, I enjoy buffets. Um, the last buffet I went to was actually right before the pandemic was officially, you know, announced. Um, we were actually in Vegas. So every year we used to go, it was uh, Comics Pro. And if Gamma, uh, it depends on when the Gamma was scheduled, it was Comics Pro, Gamma, the Toy Fest in Vegas. Mm-hmm. This year we went to Comics Pro, or last year we went to Comics Pro, flew back, and then went to uh, Vegas for uh, Toy Fest. And um, that was, you know, for, I think it was like that Sunday or Monday, I forgot which day it was, but we, my wife, the kids, and I, we, we were so hungry, we're like, Let's just go to the casino and go to the buffet. That was the last buffet we went to. Um, we used to go to, I mean, uh, my coworkers, there's a there's an Indian buffet, or there was actually the same thing happened um, to that Indian buffet. They basically shut down, but there was an Indian buffet uh, in our area where we work. So every week we would, you know, those guys are like, let's go for Indian food. We got to go for the Indian buffet. Um, so, we, you know, we were going regularly. Yeah, last one. Um, can't wait to go back. I, I, I'm tempted to go to Vegas to see how they're setting up the buffets now. Mm-hmm. A lot of so a lot of the casino buffets, especially like because we have a lot in Detroit, and people drive like get on buses and go from here to Detroit just to go to the buffet. Um, they're not open in casinos necessarily, um, and I'm not sure that like our Chinese buffets are open. It's a lot of the really small places that are able to get their their, their buffets back open because they can meet the health code violate the health code rules. They can do these other little things, you know. Like this place, it was literally like there was a wall of glass between you and the food. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you used to could smell it. Now you couldn't. Um, you know, it's so it's. I think it's like the big casinos. They're they're the ones who are going to struggle buffet wise to get back open because there's just a lot less you can control than there is in a restaurant that at full capacity seats 25. Yeah, so. Sorry, I'm giggling. Harper is just like, <laughs> he keeps loving on the phone. So it's, I, uh, Harper's right here, horned in. <laughs> no, it's, I was going to say though, like, having Mark saying he hasn't eaten in a restaurant in a year. Like, a lot of people are like, I can't go to the movies. It's killing me. Can't see my friends. It's killing me. I, you know, through this pandemic. No, if I couldn't go to restaurants, that would be the thing, right? Like, one of the things I like the most is going to dive bars. I don't drink anymore. But dive bars have the best food. Um, You know, it's because you'd you go in, they're like, no, no, no. You got to try the, you got to try the cheeseburger. What's well, the cheeseburger? Yeah, but you got to try. It, it's the best cheeseburger you ever ate. And sure enough, it's an amazing cheeseburger. 
Um, that's the stuff I miss is being able to go into like little tiny little hole in the wall bars, you know, and you're like, they still smoke in here. That's been illegal for like 15 years. Give me the chicken wings. And you get them. You're like, I've never eaten a chicken. that tastes like this before, you know, that's, that's the stuff I missed. And if I still couldn't go to buffets or restaurants, I, 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 yeah, I'd be about at the end of my rope. Well, make no mistake, I get takeout and curbside and all that. I just haven't right, but I like the I I enjoy the ambiance of places. Like I like yeah. to go to them. Well, what you're talking about reminds me of a a place I went to in Austin like two and a half years ago, where they had pork belly on a hamburger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that There's a place it. right up the road here that does a brown sugar burger. That it's a it's a burger, but when you bite into it, it's got this weird crust on it. And if you, it's literally just a brown sugar breading on the burger. So good. That sounds insane, also. Yeah, I don't know where you come up with something like that. Yeah, Not a lot of weed involved, but um, it's worth it. Yeah. Um. Usually, you just don't think about brown sugar on the burger. It doesn't really need it, but that's fine. I mean, I, I've eaten all kinds of burgers with all kinds of stuff it didn't need, but it just right better. Yeah, the guy <laughs> decided we're going to put cheese directly into your hamburger. At yeah. some point, people looked at him and went, "You think that's the best idea?" You know, now it's commonplace. Yeah, especially like uh, putting cheese onto a portobello mushroom, then breading it, deep frying it, and then putting that on the burger. That's I need to on. go to this place. That that is uh that is um now I'm trying to think of, of oh Shake Shack. That's Shake Shack. Which is a you chain of how far it stretches. Okay, I don't know how far that chain is. The closest one is Columbus. Oh, okay. Well yeah. Two and a half hours. You know, yeah. The only thing that's I can think of right when you guys but are that's talking, why I wasn't talking. worried about you know, taking a vaccine because it's like, look at everything else I eat. So, fine. Was that Brainy? No, I was saying the only thing I can think right there is like, man, that is so much cholesterol that you guys are talking about. I know it is. Brainy <laughs> cholesterol went up listening to us talk about the cholesterol. <laughs> you know, I, like I said, I haven't had red meat in about three, four years now, so. It's um hmm. I will say this though, and like I've gotten better as I've gotten older. For every one of those, I'm going to this dive bar to try this insane deep fried thing. There are probably two days where I go to the deli and get like a really nice, like fat-free kind of, you know, like low-fat kind of deli sandwich or a salad of some kind. Um, the deli by me now has a uh, has a salad that'll actually eat it's a taco salad. Um, I'm not a big salad eater, but this is really good. Kind of tastes like Taco Bell. Like if Taco Bell put their seasoning on lettuce <laughs> and then added cheese and Doritos. <laughs> nice. Like it's yeah. the healthiest thing I might, it might be the healthiest meal I put in my body. Oh, uh, with cheese and Doritos? <laughs> no, it's mostly lettuce, but it's got some kind of seasoning on it. That tastes like kind of like Taco Bell seasoning. Gotta try it. It probably is because you can get Taco Bell seasoning in a shaker now. 
Yeah, probably. And that probably has sodium through the roof, but eh. mm-hmm. what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, it's all about comparisons, man. Like, compared to deep-fried cheeseburgers, yeah, a little bit of sodium I, on, a, on a salad. Yeah, brown sugar deep-fried cheeseburgers are a sometime food, for sure. You can't right. do that every day. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, accepted. when I went to California... You know, I lived out there for two years. They were so confused that Texas had the audacity to fry avocados. <laughs> like it's just like then no one ever got over it. They also didn't know what queso was. Like I remember going into a place there, you know, and I know there's a big difference between the food out there and Tex Mex, right? But like ordering queso and them being completely baffled by the fact that like what are you okay, uh, so shredded cheese? No, no, queso. Yeah, but queso means cheese. No, I know, but there's a thing called queso, and they put like seasoned ground beef or chorizo or all kinds of meats in there, and they're like, "Why would you do that?" And I'm like, okay. <laughs> "See, at, at the places we have here, if you order queso, you just get liquid, you know, uh, white cheese. Like, you know, um, you don't get any. There's nothing in it." But then you can order like queso con whatever. Yeah. And they'll put all kind of stuff in it. Yeah. Um, I, I figure in most places it's just like half a block of melted Velveeta, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Not here though, but yeah, but uh, but other places. But mm-hmm. it's gotta have something in it to be queso. Like and and Torchies has their hillbilly style queso where they just put a scoop of chorizo in there. Yeah, our tor- the closest torchies to me, which is be it will be about an hour, uh, will be done in four weeks. And I'm already planning the logistics to be close to the front of the line. Are they doing any kind of promotion, like uh, an opening day promotion? But I've been hearing about torchies for eight years now since my friends moved to Austin, and then I got yeah. to know Jen. So I've been hearing about torchies for a long time without ever getting to experience a torchies. Yeah. What I do is do a little research. There's some secret menu items that you should know. Like just mad- text them to me. I'll just walk in and be like, I need this. Just say, I want a trashy trailer park. That's all you need to know how to say. Trashy okay. trailer park. <laughs> I need where I grew up. Got it. <laughs> That's you guys, have you guys noticed that about every five weeks we have an episode where we talk about nothing but food? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is it because those are the weeks where we're all hungry? Maybe. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm hungry now. Yeah. So but, like, I can smell this cookie that I didn't get to eat before we went on the air, and it's like making me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> well, what kind of cookie is it, though? Okay. Chips Ahoy. Chips Ahoy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why, why do you keep looking to your uh, who's their guy? <laughs> Nobody. It's uh. So this is the uh, so on the on the right screen is you guys. On the left screen is where I have the news, and on the third screen is where I had uh, our streaming shows for the experience. And every like now that the experience is off the air for the night, it keeps changing pictures. And every once in a while, it'll go from a dark picture to a light picture and distract me. Like, you turn away. <laughs> turn away. You should download. You should download pictures of the uh, torches menu so you can start memorizing it. 
it's just the Chromecast. You know, Chromecast has those, um, you know, generic photo backgrounds. Yeah. Well, and, every and once just, in a while, they just catch my eye going. And just so you know, on the the Torchies coding uh, menu or the the coding on that in that case, trashy means you take out the lettuce and you replace it with queso. So. <laughs> Oh, you're you're gonna live a life whenever that place. <laughs> She's so happy right now. <laughs> I'm actually slightly emotional thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. that, that just sounds so messy, though. It uh, it can be, it can be. I mean, it, the thing about portions is it's non-traditional tacos, right? Like if you if you try to take someone who's like a taco aficionado to torchies, they might hate it because it's not simple tacos like i'm sure you can find like a taco truck with like better traditional like you know carne asada and stuff but you can't find a taco truck that puts on a flour tortilla a waffle a fried egg bacon and a fried chicken tender with syrup on top you can't find that i'm all about it that's that's the roscoe right. available in march by the way torchies franchise opportunities <laughs> <laughs> I say we start one, Kyle. Yeah, I'm gonna open one up here in in the, in the just in the in the plaza where my my business is. Yeah. Where my, <laughs> where my private torchies. That reminds me. Yeah. And in August, Kyle, you need to like get your gut ready because in August is when they start putting up. Uh, I think it's August when they do the bar yeah. bar order. It, it's and... almost like a. And, and Miss Jen, it's like a sick joke here in Texas, right? Because August is usually just miserably hot, yeah. and that's when they do their heat challenge. And like each week, they have a different. They usually do a taco of the month, but in August, they introduce a new one each week, and it gets just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And it's, I can only, I've only ever made it to week two. I think the week four, you have to sign a sign a waiver. That Sounds gonna... right. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't make you complete weeks one through three first. That would probably make sense, but you know, because you're paying a few bucks for one taco, and people are just gonna be miserable. <laughs> I'm sure I told you guys already that Tony Fleece was with us for some convention. He came down to do a signing or something, and we went during that month. And I just like was being silly, and I said, "I double dog dare you to buy one of those, eat one." It wasn't the level four one. It was a barn burner, whatever level that was. And he he said, okay. He ordered two of them and sat down and ate the entire thing. He was like, the thing you need to know is that the fleece never back down from a challenge. Never. And I was like, oh, no, a note to self. Don't try to, you know, kill. <laughs> I, I got, man, I'm going to hold that on Tony now when I see him next. <laughs> For those of you keeping score, you cannot currently franchise a Torchies. Uh, what? Uh, they announced a cor current franchise is fine, but they announced a corporate um, uh, uh, thing to expand their total number of locations by double by 2024. Uh, at the top of the country's plan, their company's plan to open locations. In North Carolina, Indiana, Ohio, Tennessee in 2021, the company's plan in Ohio will be to include the first Torchy's Ghost Kitchen in Columbus, the state capital and home of Ohio State University, which is set to open in the next few months. But, I don't know what a ghost kitchen is, 
but it sounds spicy. <laughs> I think I think that's like sort of the the new trend where you can sort of rent a kitchen space with other companies and then rotate in and out. Um, so it doesn't really have a permanent face to it. But uh, I just had this thought, Kyle. You need to come down to an Astros game because we they have a Shake Shack and a Torchies in Minute Maid. It would have happened, but Comic Palooza is a jerk of person or something. Comic Palooza uh, is too expensive. Comic Palooza is too expensive, um, but it's going to happen eventually. I just need a reason to come to Houston that yeah. isn't to yell at the Astros. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I'm getting enough of a workout yelling at just the Tigers. Yeah. So, like, I can't yell at the whole of the American League. Well, you're welcome for our manager, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he ain't helping us. Well... He was on day one, but, you know. Yeah, it doesn't help if you can't hit the ball or throw the ball or catch the ball or run. Um, yeah. Dude. Uh, sports ball talk. The Tigers right now are super terrible. Uh, but I did go to a Tigers game last Wednesday. Um, except that it was their extended spring training team off-site. How far is uh, uh, El Paso from Houston? Oh, the word. <laughs> The worst 14 and a half hour drive of my entire life. It's 14 and a half hours? Because yeah. there's a team in El Paso called the Chihuahuas. Yeah. That I really want to see because their mascot is everything. Yeah. It's the second best, best mascot in minor league baseball right behind the Biscuits. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But what about the have the uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas started yet? They have, but their logo's not quite as good. Their logo it, is third. Good. I saw it. Their their original logo, I mean, basically was a, a rocket raccoon infringement for sure, but it was yeah. a raccoon in a trash can flying into it's, space. It's the look. biscuits, the chihuahuas, the trash pandas. The biscuits in is that a, order. Yeah, the biscuits is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, El Paso is a yeah, fourteen to fourteen and a half hour drive of it's excruciating. So Kyle, right now, Brainy is closer to El Paso than we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because... I've driven pretty far for baseball. 14 hours might be a little bit of a stretch. I've driven to Pawtucket, which is 15 hours. But at least some of that you get to drive through Boston. Mm -hmm. So, like... Maybe I'll just fly. I'll come to Houston, spend a couple days, and I'll fly to El Paso for baseball and then leave. There you go. That makes sense. It, yeah, because the, the drive to L.A. from here is 22 hours, and to get to El Paso, like I said, is the first 14, and it's just excruciating. It makes that next day fly by, though, because you're going through four states, but, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, uh, that's the toughest drive I've ever made. It's weird how outside of Texas, all, like, Ohio, and Te- Ohio is a lot smaller than Texas. Yeah. But Ohio is a five hours across no matter which north to south and six hours across east to west you ever like, been in la <laughs> no 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 here's what i'm saying like then you so between texas and california there's all these really small states and then all of a sudden texas is a big state california is a yeah, giant state so it's like couldn't you have just made that like one state in between there like made it nice and easy like kept them all similar in size for my OCD. 
Well, you know, it's because Texas and California want to be their own country. They don't really want to be a state anymore. All right. Here's here, history lessons with Kyle. Texas is the most likely state in the union to split off into either separate states uh, up to four or to be able to republicize itself again to leave the union. California cannot because of a law that was passed during the 1840s during the gold rush in California. Texas never passed such a law when it became a state, so it could actually subdivide into four states without actually having the federal government do anything. It could not secede from the union and become a republic again without the federal government allowing it, but it could split into four states. There you go. Well, Texas is the only state I can think of that has tortilla uh, chips shaped like its state. <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I think some of the Doritos started to look like California after a while. Well, yeah, and like the tortilla strips, I guess, technically. But uh, I'm sure Miss Jen can attest we do have Texas-shaped food in bags ready to go, like at H-E-B and stuff. You oh, can yeah. definitely find Texas-shaped waffles and chips. Ain't, things. ain't nobody making – well, every, every February 14th, you get all kinds of Ohio-shaped stuff. Yeah. Ohio is vaguely the shape of a heart. <laughs> so anytime anything gets chipped off of a heart-shaped thing, it's the shape of Ohio. So it's like a broken heart, then? No, it's like a heart where one ventricle is a little messed up. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yikes! Add that after we're talking about deep-fried hamburgers. Well, so you know the heart—the heart you get for Valentine's Day—is based on the shape of a woman's buttocks when she bends over. Yes. Um, Ohio is the shape of a woman's buttocks if she bends over and has scoliosis. <laughs> so you want to segue into box office now or <laughs> i watched a boss movie this weekend i'm what do you watch? okay so please forgive me because i cannot actually remember that the physical name of the movie which is don't don't get mad at me about it mike scheduled us to go and i just sat down and enjoyed it but the funny thing about it is that this movie is made by a studio called Chicken Soup for the Soul, which makes you believe you're sitting down and watching a feel-good movie, but in fact, it's really close to like John Wick. <laughs> Wait, was it was it Nobody? Nope. Oh, it's a well, new what? thing. Oh. Who was in it though? Oh my gosh, it 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 feels a lot like Nobody did, where. The main character is someone you recognize as a character actor, but I don't know. I don't remember his name. You've seen him in a lot of stuff, but I can't remember his name now. But he's a very, very plain looking fellow. Was it Trigger Point? Yes, that's it. I need to see this movie. It's got one of my favorite actors in it. Me? It's actually really, really good. It's got Barry Pepper. Oh, yeah? Yeah, who played Roger Maris. Roger Maris. Yeah. yeah. But he was also in Private Ryan and True oh, Grit. Yeah. And he's a great actor. So many other, but he's not in a lot of stuff anymore. He doesn't act a ton anymore. No. So when he shows up, it's like, you got to see the movie. Is he the main, is he the guy? Uh, okay. Um, but the review I'm seeing is, Barry Pepper's Trigger Point is a competent but incomplete tr thriller. It ends with no resolution. That's why they're saying that. It is totally just hanging out there for a second movie. Because it does not resolve at all. You're just like, you're waiting for a second act. 
even though it's been plenty long enough to be an, been an entire complete movie, and they just don't they don't finish the 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 conflict. So you know that they're aiming for another shot at it. So trigger points aiming for another trigger point. <laughs> but is so, but is it the same concept as nobody? So this was like counter programming from two different studios, then, right? No, I mean. So, like, nobody, the main character is essentially an assassin. And this one is more like a spy thriller in that the main mm-hmm. character used to be part of, you know, CIA or whatever the agency is. They just call it the agency in the, in the movie. And something happened to him that's previous to what you're watching in the movie in which it appears that he was tortured enough to give up the names of the rest of his group. And then they were all killed. So... This is you meet him when he's already like he's been disavowed, he's out of everything, and he's hiding kind of like in his own place where he's got like a lockdown, really fancy house in the middle of nowhere, and he's trying to be no one, right? He's just really trying to blend into the being in the middle of nowhere. And then there's a whole bunch of crazy intrigue who's on whose side as they try to unravel another mystery that's going on. So it's really good. I, I expected it to be to look low budget. But it didn't look low budget. It just was good storytelling. I'm a, I mean, a Barry Pepper. Yeah. Was was Barry Pepper, Kyle, was Barry Pepper in 25th Hour? Uh, let's find out. I don't remember him being in it, but uh, that sounds right. Um, I didn't see 25th Hour. Oh, you haven't seen it? That's excellent. I've I've heard that. I just didn't see it. Um, yeah. Let's see. He was in the Titanic TV series. Um, <laughs> that existed. Apparently, before <laughs> he played Dale Earnhardt in the Dale Earnhardt story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eighty-eight, right? Or. Three. Oh, three. What am I thinking He's of? Bobby Kennedy and the Kennedys. Getting there, getting there, getting there. I don't see it. Okay. Probably mistaking another movie. But yeah, so Trigger Point with Barry Pepper. Um, Miss Jen, how many times did you see Godzilla versus Kong this week? I, we only watched it the one time. I asked my son if he wanted to go back and see it again. He didn't seem like he wanted to. So that that's an indicator to me, probably how it's going to do at the movie theater. That it probably is did it, well. Well, it's it actually is doing fantastic. It just finished uh, third week in number one, and nice. so it's made a total total of eighty million. But overseas, it's made three hundred million. So um, definitely like the breakout or the breakthrough, I guess, hit of the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's performing really well. And then uh, speaking of nobody, that had, you know, like 25% of the box office, but uh, it came in number two, and then all, Unholy came in number three again. So. Um, so Barry Pepper was in 25th Hour, but it's not listed on his own IMDb page. It, it was it was a, a minor role. He was a friend of uh, Ed Norton. but Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's third listed. Yeah. In the cast, it's Ed Norton, Philip Cy Hoffman, Barry Pepper, Rosario Dawson, Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, Tony uh, uh, yeah. Sigarusa, uh, 
you know, top top the top names there. Whenever you get off your media hiatus, watch uh, watch that because the that cast just read that cast. Awesome, it's a good movie. Um, Brian Cox is a definite standout as well. Yep, that one. Um, so as far as other movie news, uh, big thing for me, the uh, Shang Chi trailer. Did anyone else get to check it out? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. I, I chose not to, but you guys can discuss it. I'm not, you know, it's not going to ruin anything for me. Well, all I want to say about it, I don't want to talk too much about it because I need to watch it seven to ten more times. Yeah. Um, I watched it once on my phone. Um, but I will say this. Uh, Simu Liu, uh, who plays Shang-Chi, today was his birthday. Hi to them. And they uh, uh, released the trailer. It was supposed to be a teaser. And then they dropped the full trailer as a birthday present for him. And I think some of that had to do with the fact that, you know, he was in the wildly successful sitcom Kim's Convenience, which was um, ended, not canceled, just ended unceremoniously by the CBC. And he had been really struggling with it. So I think Disney was like, I got we got I got you. Uh, And they dropped this thing. And it really like you could see his Twitter feed change from a dark place to a bright place really quickly. Uh So I'm very excited for this movie. Um, I think it's time we had some Enter the Dragon in the Marvel Universe. Iron Fist. I said Enter the Dragon, not Foot Fist Way. (laughs) (laughs) Although also a very entertaining movie with Danny McBride, but yeah. Yes. Hilarious. Uh, I think the trailer is awesome. And Aquafina also in the MCU. What more can you ask for right now? Dasani? Not... I'm sorry. Every time every time somebody talks about Aquafina, I want to make that joke. And every time I do, I feel bad about it. I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then some some kind of not weird news, but but seemingly like not news is that Michael Keaton was confirmed to be in Flash and like he that was a, like a year ago. He was already confirmed to be in Flash. So I guess there was maybe some concern that due to the pandemic, he was being hesitant about it. But they started production today, and he's in it. And um, I do like Ezra Miller as the Flash. But Michael Keaton being Batman in that movie makes it like a guaranteed I'm going to be there. You know, rather than just like wait, you know, to rent it or whatever. So um, to me... You know, even though it's non-news, it's just reaffirmation. Like, Mark, you weren't dreaming. Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman. So I I appreciate that news on that level anyway. The the one piece of movie news I saw um, is that Benedict Cumberbatch made a statement that says his face would spoil Doctor Strange 2. Uh-oh. Um, and to me, that means it's fi- we finally have admission from an actor that they find themselves pretty. And as a straight male, I agree when it comes to Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> but, but what do you think? Does that does that tie into any Doctor Strange storyline? Like, do you think that means? Oh, I have no idea. I read no further than the headline. Oh, okay. The headline was everything I needed for my joke yeah. and for my brain, my head cannon. So uh, I can read it though. Um, 
MCU star Benedict Cumberbatch keeps his face in while doing interviews for Doctor Strange 2 due to Marvel's strict content embargoes. So Marvel's saying, hey, man, you need to put a bag over your head to do these interviews. <laughs> it's like he's a Bengals fan. I just wonder what that means. Like, if his hair, if he's bald or his hair's done a certain way that would give away a storyline or something. I, I heard that the costume would give it away. That they were talking about that the costume, if, if people had caught a glimpse of it, that everyone would know what was going on. Okay. But see, I guess I guess I'm not well versed in the Doctor Strange comics to know of any specific well, costume or look that would go. Oh, this is what they're doing. You know, is it a facial hair configuration? Oh, maybe like beardy Doctor Strange, like more than just goatee Doctor Strange, like beardy Doctor Strange. Because uh, the way it way the story hit first was um, some videos come out of him doing press uh, where his face is um, obscured. So the first one is uh, him, and it looks like he's on a Zoom on his phone, but his phone is sitting on the desk in front of him, pointing up at the ceiling, and he's sitting back, so you can't see his face. And it said, and and his words are, and I quote. By the way, you're looking at a ceiling right now because I can't show you my face because I'm uh, I'm making Doctor Strange and it's all embargoed what I look like. Anyway. By okay. the way, I just listened to that and kind of repeated it, so it's not exact, but it's close. Um, then there's another one where he's giving an interview and you can see the visor in his car, but not him. <laughs> Marvel is well known for its media blackouts on any information on its unreleased films and television shows. Apparently, that even applies to its stars' faces on occasion. There you go. They should have just figured out some kind of Zoom, like, whatever they're calling your face. A green, just put them in a green COVID mask and then put on a, a filter. Sure. Yeah. A filter, yeah. Give them a, make them into an elephant or something. <laughs> If I can chroma key myself to look good, Marvel should have the technology to make it so Benedict Cumberbatch can do press. Also, we all saw what they did to freaking Chris Evans' mustache. All right, in Avengers. We know they've got some technology. Mm -hmm. I just can't think of any Doctor Strange look for me as a, you know, I guess casual Doctor Strange fan. That would give away, like, oh, that's from this comic. So, do you guys know of any specific look that would give away a massive Doctor Strange storyline? Well, I mean, like Kyle's talking about, the bearded one would take us down a, the trail where they had, uh, where we ended up with the the ghost dog, the Donny Cates run. But does that deal with the multiverse? Like, there's no way of knowing because the movie is called Multiverse of Madness. It could be the Doctor Strange from any multiverse. Right. Okay. I was, so I'm in a coffee shop this weekend talking to a friend of mine about the fact that this movie is called Multiverse of Madness. And here is my new fan conspiracy theory. Are you ready? Go. Yeah. Everything we've seen so far is not in the 616 multi universe. It's a different multiverse, different part of the multiverse. They're setting up the Ultimates 
when the Ultimates came to the 616 universe. So after, what was that, uh, uh, Infinity? When, you know, Galactus destroys the Ultimates universe. So now you get Galactus. And the only way you get Galactus is through Doctor Strange. So the multiverse of madness is actually going to reveal that there are multiple multiverses in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're not all taking place in the same one. So WandaVision doesn't actually take takes place in this other multiverse, and that Wanda and Vision are still alive in the regular, like in the regular multiverse. So all of a sudden, what you're finding in the regular universe, so all of a sudden what you're finding is now you've got, okay, this is Captain America here, but here's also Captain America, but it's not the same Captain America, but they're the same Captain America. Mm-hmm. Well, they did that with the Into the Spider-Verse, so, you know, they've already explored that. Which is a non-tradition, non-canon movie as much as it's, you know, not well, part of the traditional MCU or considered part of the MCU. So now you can say you now you can actually play those games and say, oh well, the Sony movies, while they are canon, are actually this other part of the multiverse where you're not thinking about it. Well, they've had crossovers with Spider-Man and the Avengers in the same right. But so. I'm saying rather than thinking about it as a crossover, this is another universe, Spider-Man. So it's you can set you can use that Peter Parker and totally you can use what's his nuts who plays him and totally um retcon everything he's experienced in the original Avengers movies as oh well that was just a different universe, yeah. But they you know, as far as Spider Man is concerned, they've tied him into the MCU. So, what I'm saying is, what if that version of that Spider Man? Exists on multiple parts of the multiverse. Okay. So now you don't have a Spider-Man who went through losing Tony Stark. Because he wasn't in that part of the multiverse. I mean, we have that already. So, again, you know, it's into the Spider-Verse takes into that, that into consideration. Then we have Spider-Man and other the Spider-Verse count towards the overall canon of the MCU? They can tie that in easily. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what this does. Is all of a sudden it's Roger Rabbity. There's Doctor Strange and there's an animated Spider-Man. Like there's I don't so know many what you just said, but if Roger Rabbit comes into the MCU, that would be awesome. Roger Rabbit, Howard the Duck, and Forbush Man. <laughs> and slapstick. You gotta put slapstick in yeah. there. Yeah, oh slapstick. I always forget slapstick and dupe. <laughs> dupe. <laughs> That'd be now, a fun. Now, no. Kyle, one one other bit of news from this week was that uh, Alfred Molina well, said that basically his role in the new Spider-Man movie is going to pick up where Doctor Octopus left off at the end of. Is Spider-Man. Sam Raimi directing? Hmm. Is Sam Raimi directing? Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. What, Sam Raimi is not directing that Spider-Man film? No. Doesn't count. Well, what I'm saying is going to... Doesn't what, count. What, what I'm saying is it's going to answer your question about the the multiverse and how they're going to use it to move characters from here or there, you know. Whether that was 616 or this is 616, 
at the end of the day, they're going to do whatever they want, right? But if they bring in Galactus and Fantastic Four through Doctor Strange, I'm totally cool with that also. Just saying, more Raimi's, less other people. I'm, I'm just glad he's getting this one. I, here's what I want to see out of, out of that movie he's directing. I want to see Bruce Campbell as an alternate version of Mysterio. <laughs> we were always promised that. We were always promised that. Like, that's what one of the things, if it would have kept going with the Tobey Maguire series, that was going to happen. So, because he, he had the weird little short cameos and all that. This would be perfect to be an alternate reality or alternate universe Mysterio. And that you know that is one way they can actually justify having three different Spider-Man series. They did, um, you know, say, hey, yeah. Uh, so, just as a as an aside, if the Raimis do more movies, the Raimis use a guy named Rob Tapper to do a lot of their producing. Rob Tapper is married to Lucy Lawless. Rob Tapper is from a place called Southfield, Michigan. And uh, occasionally when they do movies, uh, Rob brings the gear to Southfield uh, after they're done with it because they're not using it anymore. And people like me have the opportunity to go up and get it. So basically, you're, you're suggesting it all just to be selfish and get equipment cheap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So just throwing it out there. Uh, shout out to my buddy Rob. But, um, you know. <laughs> Oh, but, uh, I want more more Raimi movies. And they shoot a lot of them in Michigan. So the other thing about the Raimi, film, Raimi brothers is they shoot a lot of their stuff in Michigan now. Because they can get huge tax credits, all that kind of stuff. But then, schmoes like me have the opportunity to go up and stand around for 12 hours and be an extra in a movie. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefit for me if the Raimis do the movies. So it's not really about the movie, it's about Kyle. When has it ever been about the movie, Brainy? <laughs> Kyle, be careful. Your ego's getting as big as mine. <laughs> There's a reason I had to expand to three studios, man. It's to hold my head. <laughs> um, we were talking about uh, Spider-Verse and some Into the Spider-Verse 2 news. Uh, they announced three directors. The first one had three directors as well. And you can definitely see it with all the different, you know, universes and, and character animation styles and all yeah, that. Uh, it's Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. And interesting in there, probably a name to get excited about would be Kemp Powers because he's coming up with gold, and then he's up for an Academy Award for a screenplay from One Night in Miami. So you talk about like talent, like yep. in that, you know, the first one was incredible. But I think that there's a there's going to be a lot of expectation for Into the Spider Verse too. Yeah, so I think the first one raised the bar really high, uh, and that's going to be yeah. might be problematic now. Um, I I think with this level of talent, they're going to be fine. Uh, it's kind of like what in the future, not necessarily spinoffs, but what else are they going to do? Uh, to me, it was just such like a uh, refreshing take on the whole thing, um, and, and it was kind of it just it was out of nowhere and it had a really high impact on a lot of people. So 
maybe in that sense. But I think that also once you set the bar high, uh, the studio's understanding of what that audience wants. And so putting like this A-list talent behind the, the camera, even though it's animated for all intents and purposes, uh, I think that's very telling that, that they want to deliver that high-end product, right? So I, I would be interested to know if they have any other animated franchises in mind outside of Spider-Man. So, but we'll see. I think uh, it's definitely going to have high expectations, but I think I think it'll meet them. Mm-hmm. I do, especially with that. So, we'll see. There was a piece of television news worth mentioning. Um, Does it involve Tiger King or Nick Fury? No. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Dominic Purcell, uh, who played Heatwave on Legends of Tomorrow, has quit Legends of Tomorrow. Really? Was that Uh, all of a sudden? Was that yeah? It was like literally all of a sudden. uh, They're starting to shoot. Uh, he says there's not an amount of money they can throw at him to let him to get him to come back uh, because he does not like the direction the studio is forcing things. Okay, say so I I fell off that show real early on, so I don't know what um, where it's been headed. I know that it kind of took a drastic turn after uh, season two, but people seem to like it, and it's got a fun. I cast, really enjoyed but- it. I wonder if there's behind-the-scenes stuff rather than... Or maybe it's just what they're making this character do. I don't know. But. That's kind of the way it, it kind of went. The Instagram post read... Or the way it read was that it was, hey, I've worked really hard to build this character. I've done a lot of work. And now the studio is, like, making him a schmuck. Oh. Or making him into a... Ba- you know, making him... You know, taking away his redeeming qualities. You know, the things that we worked hard to build. So... You know, who knows? But it's uh, not a great look. No, it's not. Um, that would be that. That's interesting. Now we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you would hope that they'd be able to work it out, but we don't. We don't know if he's like you know approached them before about this, and this was like the final straw. Like if it was, if the actor was speaking out before talking to them, maybe they could like go back and go, hey. We get your concerns. Let's address it, you know, and figure this out. But uh, it sounds like he's done. <laughs> like, that's, I don't know if that's something you can just go back into the writer's room after that. But, and especially if they've decided that that's what they're going to do, you know, I don't know. Um, But the Nick Fury news was that, uh, and please, please, please let this happen. Olivia Coleman is rumored to be joining Secret Innovation. For Disney. Okay, I get behind Clearly, that. You're not a fan of the Crown, but that's fine. Olivia Coleman's awesome. No, I love Olivia Coleman. So. <laughs> uh, from what's the show she did with T- David Tennant? Um, uh, oh, you mean the one that was like remade for gotcha. American and had like the same exact name almost? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I like her from that. Uh, um, that was Broadchurch. Broadchurch, yeah. And then they remade it with uh, Skyler from Breaking Bad and changed the name, and David Tennant was still David Tennant, but Olivia Coleman wasn't in the American version. Right. But, 
And then John Cameron Mitchell will be playing Tiger King in the Kate McKinnon version of Tiger King. As we've discussed, there's two versions of Tiger King coming out. So, Still haven't seen it? Yeah. The, the show was entertaining-ish enough, but I don't know if it really needs two motion pictures. Also, uh, that was the first thing to really pop because of COVID. Because you remember, like, people, we were just locked down. Yeah. And it was, like, the one thing, like, everyone latched onto. And so you're not, hopefully, you're not going to have that when the, the two series come out, right? So it's, like, and and then the fact that there's two competing series and one might be semi-serious and one will be absurdist humor. It's, like, I don't, yeah, we're done with that, right? And also just knowing how that turned out and the whole weird thing about he had a limo waiting for his pardon, you know, and uh, I don't know. And, and the fact of, of how the animals were treated, like, do we really want to keep getting behind this? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It, it's, you know, it, it's to the point where uh, it's already been done. We already know where it's headed. So what's the point? Yeah. I, I would rather see a, a movie or a series made on the other documentary that came out uh, a little after that, McMillian, based on the uh, McDonald's Monopoly scam. I'd be more interested in that. Because <laughs> I want to know more about that story. I'd be more interested in they were going to do like maybe like a cold case file about where Baskin's first husband went. Oh, about- that will be I- interesting. He got ate by a tiger? Of course. I've seen the show and I know that happened. <laughs> I uh I can actually see Kate McKinnon doing very well kind of treading that line about you guys know what happened. <laughs> you know, like so we'll we'll see if they give her that that freedom. But um so while that... you guys have been talking about this, I've been reading an article about how Family Matters is a spin-off of Perfect Strangers. Yeah. And my brain is crying and I'm so happy. Well wait, but I mean, but you knew that, right? I did not. Oh, okay. Keep in mind, when Family Matters debuted, I was one. No, yeah, no, I, yeah, I understand. But you're, okay. also, but, but you're also like a, it seems like you're a sitcom scholar. So. I am. But I didn't, I knew they were related. I knew they happened in the same universe. I did not know one was a direct spinoff of the other. Yeah, she worked at the paper with them. Yep. I, I just read the article. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm having a whole new awakening to early '90s sitcom from when I was a small oh, child. Cool. And, then what uh, thing, you should Google and see how many spinoffs there were of Married with Children. Uh, I'm good okay. uh, because I know how many spinoffs there were of how many All in the Family. How many spinoffs were there of All in the Family? I know how many there were, and I know how many there were of you know uh, things like uh, uh, Happy Days. So. Well, I, I know that there's two on the family spinoffs uh, that weren't great, Archie's Place and Gloria, but. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying that there weren't... were four total. Yeah, from... but I'm saying that two, two were not great. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Gloria was rough. Um, Spinal Tap being a spinoff um, of, of uh, uh, All in the Family, uh, rumors are greatly over exaggerated. Um, no, Mod and Jefferson's were incredible shows. So, mm. would not I would not put them in. <laughs> that's why I said 
There was two that were not great. And also, um, that and you have to add Mork and Mindy because they were a spinoff of Maud. Mork and Mindy was a spinoff of Happy, Happy Days. Days. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah there's but... another spinoff of Maud that I'm not thinking of. We can do this later. We've been at this for an hour and 25 minutes. Okay, we can do this oh, later. <laughs> we, need a whole, we need a whole sitcom discussion sometime. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyone have anything to wrap it up? What you want to throw, Miss Jen, you want to throw any comics out there for this week? Um, I would, but now all of a sudden I can't remember the name of the really one that's going to break everyone's brains tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Tornight. Uh, you Promised Me Darkness is this week again. That's one of those weird ones that's got two release dates. Yeah, You Promised Me Darkness, which everyone was calling me for last week, but actually releases this week. It is sold out and is already like $30 each of those books. Yep. Um, Batman Fortnite, that's the one everybody's clamoring for right now. The Many Batman. Deaths of Layla Starr. That's next week. Uh, it, it, I'm excited to read it, but not sure how that well that's going to do. See, that's listed as this week. Oh, maybe it is this week. I think that Rom told me it was next week, and I think he's wrong. <laughs> well, it's entirely possible that like Rom is correct, and that you know previews just isn't updated. You know, Rom has been told something. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I don't know what's exciting this week. I haven't looked at stuff number one from Scout. Yeah. Which one? Unicorn number one. Oh yeah, that came out last week, didn't it? No, we got got them last week because you're special. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Then. There are a couple from publishers I've never heard of that the covers have got me. Uh, one is Los Angeles from Bliss on Tap Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, I don't know the publisher, uh, but it just looks like a, a zine that I would totally read. It's called Honk and the Free Ends. Uh, it's by Owen Clater. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it literally looks like something a kid would draw as a zine. Um, so I'm excited for, I'm excited to see because I like zine type things. So, but it's got, it's got wide release. So. Cool. And that's it. Any, any last words? No, everyone good. <laughs> We're good. Ish quibble. Um, and for me, non-comic, but uh, I just can't wait to see how Falcon and Winter Soldier wraps up, and we'll talk about that next week. Um, but thank you, Kyle, Brainy, Miss Jen, as always, for talking with me the last, now, almost hour and a half. And thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom, all Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out their other shows on Woodlands Online, like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, and more. You can watch all these on, on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQT HD 21 over the air. On your television, all these shows and more on Roku. Just add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup, and you can listen to the podcast version of this on stitcher google podcast itunes wherever you get your podcast we'll see you next time on nerd news now